Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for attending. And now, without further ado, to answer your questions, we welcome Commissioner Carl Benson. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for attending today's press conference. Uh, at a time when there are so many uncertainties facing intercollegiate athletics, I thought that this would be a good opportunity to address some of those issues. Uh, who's got the first question? I got a question. Uh, Trent Krim from the Independent. <laughs> really? Trent Krim from the Independent? Are you kidding me? What's your question? Well, well what makes you qualified to be a commissioner? And alive. That's the best that you can have at a time when, when we've got all these issues facing us, and that's the best question you have? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. And really... Who let this guy in? While the college football world fusses over Michigan being ranked above Michigan State in the latest college football playoff poll, something much more important has gone on pretty much under the radar. The NCAA has just finished a constitutional convention of sorts, held virtually of course, to discuss and debate a new set of guiding principles that will help dictate the future of the governing body moving forward. They've begun drafting a new constitution and everything. No doubt that name, image, and likeness has reshaped collegiate sports. Now, can the NCAA, which had to scuffle with a group of act-first-think-later politicians during the whole NIL debate, be able to put any bit of toothpaste back in the tube? I'm Mark Knudsen, and on this episode of Knudsen and the Commish, former Commissioner Carl Benson and I are joined by longtime NCAA Administrator David Burst to find out what was discussed and what might come out of this latest round of meetings. You won't get this info on the Saturday night sports shows. Stay with us. We're back with David Burst right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. There's a lot going on in college athletics that's not being reported on the front page of the papers or internet sites or on ESPN or anywhere else. And Carl, you have a special guest on uh, Knudsen and the Commission today that can really give us some insight on a recently completed constitutional convention. We do, Mark. And uh, today we welcome David Burst to the show a longtime NCAA staff member and uh, and the man who headed up the NCAA enforcement department for 25 years. You better to help to manage the NCAA Division I governance program until he retired in 2015. And ironically, shortly after the NCAA had its last constitutional convention, known as the Autonomy Convention, where he helped navigate the creation of a new governance model that gave the Power Five Conference the autonomy to better govern themselves under the bureaucracy of the NCAA. So, David, what, what makes this attempt for a new governance model different than six years ago? Well, you're, you're right, Carl. Six years ago was really a uh, time in our history where the autonomy or the power, five conferences in, in particular, asserted their uh, equity position, if you will, that they, they believed they should be in a better position to make uh, – uh, judgments and policies on behalf of the Division One and in, in the NCAA, and that led to the changes on system that we have in place right now. This time around, and frankly, about every five years, uh, you know, the membership gets antsy and starts thinking about changes. But uh, what's occurred is sort of the uh, 
uh, the evolution of the name, image, and likeness issues that uh, used to be a you know a, a straightforward no. They got very confusing as you as you tried to evaluate potential waivers. Like uh, someone started as a model in high school, and can they continue to receive residuals from those sorts of things? And and uh, over time, it became very confusing. You know, what was the use of name, image, and likeness, and and what was not? Uh, and on to the court cases that have challenged the the cost of attendance uh, definitions and you know, leading toward possible pay for play over time. So this time around, uh, I think the intention is for those issues related to uh, amateurism, name, image, and light dealt with directly by individual divisions, the three different divisions. Uh, and uh, really it's an invitation to each division to establish its own system. So you may well have Division one with different amateurism rules then might be applicable on divisions two and three. So it's a it's a wide ranging uh, short document that uh, opens up the door to look at everything. Do you think Do you think David that that the sense of urgency and and with name image likeness with the Alston case and the Supreme Court ruling in favor of the of the student athletes uh, today versus 2015. Are we at a at such a drastic change that that we're going to come out of this that that people won't recognize what the NCAA looks like when this is done? I think that's uh, to be determined. I, I think it's uh, those concepts are uh, evolutionary. I think within the college system and uh, uh, this draft, for example, doesn't use the word amateurism. It simply says that. Uh, uh, student athletes may not be paid by their institution. Uh, it, it leaves uh, uh, open to definition what occurs other than that. So I think you're going to be in Division One at least talking about what a college eligible, eligible student athlete looks like, and uh, uh, and there will be discussions about those various concepts. Probably in Divisions Two and Three, it'll remain very much like it is now, and they'll have the freedom to to stay in, in that position. But I think division one is, uh, is uh, going to find a situation where the, the bowl football conferences are gonna be looking at concepts a little more seriously than, than possibly the 22 non-bowl uh, uh, conferences are. And you know the, the concern there will be uh, what do football and basketball student athletes look like and what happens to the rest of the programs, uh, you know, if, if you move in a direction of providing more resources in the direction of, uh, of the, the, the so-called uh, uh, revenue producing uh, programs, then, uh, uh, you know, there's a finite amount of money around the country. And so then what happens to the track programs, baseball programs, and, and the rest of the association that can't, uh, you know, can't demonstrate some revenue production. Hey, David, um, these changes weren't started by the NCAA. The NCAA didn't come up with these ideas. It usually starts with politicians. I call them act first, think later politicians. I got to believe when you're on that board, you're not welcoming Congress or anybody else getting involved in this kind of stuff because they don't know what they're doing, right? I mean, they're, they're all about pleasing their constituents. They're not really looking at what's good for the, for the governing body or the sports in general. 
Well, I think there's some truth to that, although I would say to you that the uh, state uh, uh, legislation around the country uh, related to name, image, and likeness has uh, taken several different forms in part because of the politicians you're talking about. And that has made it very difficult for a national governing body to come up with one rule that works. Right. So as you know, the, the Association acquiesced to the position that uh, you may do whatever is permissible within your state. And, uh, and that's what we're left with right now. Part of the charge of this constitutional convention is to try and come up with something that's more uniform uh, you know, across the division. I think that's going to be very difficult to accomplish by next August, which is the deadline for this. David, one of the kind of the options that was was put into the draft of the of the new constitution said that each division would 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 be able to create a subdivision within its current division. And you know, we already have that in division one. We already have the FBS and the FCS and and then the non-football playing, you know, conferences. Um, does this open the door for a a new division? You know, for years we talked about Division Four. Uh, the Knight Commission has suggested that that perhaps you know the FBS uh, and FBS football, uh, and maybe even to some extent Power Five conference football, uh, create a, a a totally new organization outside of the NCAA. Is, is that something that, that is possible as we go down this, uh, this new path? Well, I, I think even without going down the new path, the, the, uh, the door uh, was already open. I think in the draft that, that uh, I helped create in 2014, there was room left uh, to, to design another subdivision to fund another subdivision uh, with the anticipating that if um, uh, if the relationship strained enough and the resource uh, differences among the division members became so uh, uh, apparent that maybe there was something natural that needed to occur uh, within division one that you know created a new division or something else a, a, a separate division from either of the three divisions that now, now are possible. Um, so I think there's enough room to accommodate all of that if uh, we keep in mind the, the attention on particularly men's and women's basketball. I think that's the key to all of this. I think uh, what you heard in some of the discussion that occurred already was that there's interest in maintaining the relationships that we have in, in sport in particular, and that's a revenue producer for the NCAA, uh, and that uh, the football uh, changes in divisions are, are becoming more apparent and they'll have to be treated. Uh, if you were to move to a completely separate organization, that's always possible. And, uh, and you know, that's always a threat uh, that, that can be exercised because the NCAA is just a voluntary organization of a bunch of schools that think it's appropriate to band together and 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 uh, and cooperate in the development of some policies and and procedures this time around well in 2014 it was the power five conferences who who were the ones who moved forward 
with a, a new model. And those of us that were outside of the, the power five at that time, from the commissioner standpoint, looked at it as a threat that, that unless you give us this autonomy, you know, we will depart the NCAA and, and start a new organization. This constitutional convention and this new draft was, was not pushed by the Power Five. It was pushed either by the, some of the outside constituencies or perhaps even inside the, the walls of the NCAA office and, and President Emmert and, and the board that uh, to address, you know, to some extent, what do we do to save this organization? That, that as, we, as we've gone through COVID and as we have introduced NIL and you know, the Alston case and uh, the transfer portals, uh, you know, what can we do to, to save the organization? Yeah, I, as you know, I'm not inside the halls of the NCAA anymore, so I, I hesitate to try and, and respond in, in their behalf in that regard. But uh, that certainly uh, shifts some of the jurisdiction and authority in some areas more toward conferences and institutions themselves. Uh, so there's a, some relief, I think, to the association inherent in, in this review. It also invites uh, answering all those same questions that we answered in 2014. Thankfully, as I understand it, uh, most uh, institutions and conferences don't really want to revisit those right now, like, uh, you know, how are the revenues uh, distributed and, and who sits on which committees and so forth. But uh, um, you're going to be faced particularly with the NIL issue whatever amateurism looks like going forward. And, uh, you know, a new board of uh, governors that uh, it takes on, uh, well, it has the same responsibilities it did before. It has, a, you know, another add-on related to uh, review of some uh, action that's contrary to the Constitution that I'm, that I'm unfamiliar with. But um, that, is a, that appears to be a new responsibility for the president. Hey, David, uh, you mentioned earlier the, the importance of basketball. We, we understand that the NCAA basketball tournament's huge for these schools, but, it, but the Power Five football conferences are 69 schools right now after the expansion. How many schools do you see that would be willing to maybe give up that basketball and break away and form this the new division or super conference, or whatever you want to call it? Would all 69, 69 of them go and give up their, their basketball rights? Or will some of them look at it and say, hey, basketball is more valuable to us than football is. Um, we're not playing with the big boys in football, even though we're part of the Power Five. We're really not. How, how, what, how big could this new, new subdivision be or small? Well, hopefully we won't get to that point, I think. But, uh, you know, the natural ways to think about it are, yes, you have about the number of power institutions that you're talking about, when you put the other group of five in there, you get up to about 122 or yeah. five uh, football institutions right. that are bowl eligible. So it's easy to think about them as uh, something of an entity. Uh, but uh, the basketball uh, part of that is very important mm -hmm. because for probably 27 of the 32 conferences, the the NCAA uh, revenues that come out of the championship, which this year will be right at about a billion dollars, uh, 
uh, are significant. And uh, yeah. many of the conferences rely on that money. Now, the group of five is a little better off than they used to be because the dollars in the football on the football side that's governed by the football conferences is, has become better. So uh, so it's a, you know, less of a of an issue related to basketball for them. But it's still very important, I think, in order to maintain, uh, you know, some common uh, experiences with uh, with across the board with the more than 350 division one members. So, so division so one basketball, both men's and I think growing women's because there's going to be, uh, you know, additional emphasis on uh, gender equity and, and trying to help promote uh, women's sports. I think, uh, you know, that still is a, is a way for everybody to continue to head down the same path. So, so do you see, I mean, you're talking about maybe the group, some of the group of five joining the power five and, and forming a, I mean, if it happens, I understand you, we, we hope it doesn't, but if it does a hundred plus schools in this new subdivision, or are we going to see 69 go down to 64 or 48 or something like that? What would be your best guess? Yeah, I don't, don't have a guess. I, you, you, that's mostly cocktail talk when you, when you get there, <laughs> yep. people start talking about, yep. you've got to take some losers with the winners and right. Then you talk about, well, now, wait a minute, there may be schools that are more wedded to uh, what you'd think of as an Ivy League uh, system that's mm-hmm. really devoted uh, primarily to education and, and, uh, and they're not interested in having right. a you know, semi-professional or right. near-professional adjunct uh, team yeah, using mine, their facilities minor, minor and so league forth. Team, yeah, so, exactly. yeah, I mean, all of those things come into play. The easy answer is, sure, you can run off and and do that, but you're also dealing with a uh, with a devout group of of educational leaders across the country that care about that part of uh, what the NCAA was all about. David, one of my uh, former commissioner colleagues, a, a non uh, Power Five, non Autonomy Five commissioner, told me recently that that. During a, a recent meeting, as they were talking about the, the direction and the movement and, and where the NCA was headed, that one of the Power Five commissioners reminded the other 27 commissioners. It was a reminder that that the control and reminders that, that were there in 2014. And again, you know, as we talk about how to how to salvage um, the organization and how to salvage the association. Um, there's, I think there's always going to be that, that threat of the, you know, of those five conferences doing something uh, that would incorporate, you know, the, the basketball term as well. I don't think any of us, you know, outside and maybe even some inside the power five certainly don't want to see it go that way. And I hope that you're right that, that there are enough uh, academicians and University presidents and and university boards that uh, you know that will will continue to you know, to claim that intercollegiate athletics is better off being more inclusive than than uh, than less. Yeah, I I appreciate that, and and I don't dispute that the the value uh, of of such a. Uh, uh, property is uh, probably in the hands of those that you're describing, uh, at least based on my own experience in you know, one of the 
negotiations that we were involved in along the way. But um, uh, I also think there are great values in being associated across the board with, the, with academic institutions that aren't first and foremost trying to develop you know, one and done players. So uh, there are benefits to everyone, I think, to, uh, uh, to try and, and keep going down the same road. If you didn't have an NCAA, and even if you were to do what, uh, what is being contemplated as some kind of a separate organization, you would immediately try to define an, a new acronym to manage and help in providing services and assistance to whatever that new organization is. So uh, we, we know what we've got. We know we have some issues that need to be addressed. I think this is the next iteration uh, that provides everybody a fair opportunity to come to some solutions that can work over the long term. And I, I think that's what the NCAA is, is hoping and, and uh, will know by uh, August 1, I guess, of, uh, of next year. Hey, David, this new plan that's, that's being put forth, is there any effort to put toothpaste back in the tube here in terms of NIL? Because Carl and I talked about this a lot on the program. Um, the, the scholarship limits, at which has, have, as Carl's pointed out, has kept uh, some competitive balance in college sports. It's all but eradicated by NIL. I mean, BYU added up 36 scholarships, uh, you know, to walk-ons by, by that. And who knows, people could, schools could choose to do that as they, as they see fit. There are, really aren't any guardrails on NIL right, NIL right now. Is that part of this new plan, some guardrails to kind of make it, make some competitive balance part of the equation? Yes, I think uh, part of the hope here is that there can be some uh, uniformity to the issue of NIL going forward, taking into consideration uh, the, the kinds of things that you're talking about. It's been a very difficult issue over time. I'm one of the people who testified on behalf of the NCAA in those early cases, uh, Jeremy Bloom in particular, who was a mogul skier yep. and who really just wanted to make money endorsing mobile skis right that made perfect sense but to me i knew nothing about mogul skiing i just saw the punt returner from colorado right. when he was on tv and i thought well if i say yes sure you can do right. that i was guaranteed that the next day the yep. quarterback was going to yep. have a car deal yep uh you know at the local dealership Brett be Bomar. five yep. times more yep so yep. So I couldn't figure out how you can see it. now. Now we're moving toward closer to a yes, and let's you know figure out how to manage. Uh, as the NCAA rep, it's a harder question. David, in uh, back in 2015, as you were you were walking away, and and I people are telling me you know that I walked away at the right time. I think you may have walked away at the right time that you uh, you know you didn't even have to face some of the kind of the, the outcomes of cost of attendance and, and the, some of the concussion cases and, and that. But, uh, but before you walked away, here's a, a quote that you made back in May of 2015 and uh, curious as to whether it's still applicable today. What's unique about the NCAA is that it's like an amoeba. It finds a way to adjust itself to complete its tasks. Ultimately, I think the NCAA is here to serve its membership and it will be able to adjust to the world around it as necessary to get that accomplished. I, I still have that confidence in the 
system and in what the NCAA was created to be. I think it's possible to get in your own way. Uh, and even that, I think, can be overcome. So I, I'm, I'm still optimistic about the future of intercollegiate athletics. And, and I believe that the system that we have that marriages uh, education and elite skill development, particularly at, on the Division I level, is unique in the world. And it's a brand that should be preserved. And, uh, and it has great value uh, in this country, and I think will continue to be that way in the future. Hey, David, I know we got to let you run here real quick, but I just want to say, I think you got out at the right time because you were in enforcement. And as Gary Patterson has pointed out, there's nothing's wrong anymore. There is no wrong anymore. So you wouldn't have been out, you'd been out of a job anyway, because you have to do enforce anymore. Um, we, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, wish Thanks, you the David. very best. Thank you very much for your insight. It's fantastic. And uh, we wish you well down the road. We'll have you back. Thank you. All right, there he goes. David Burst, uh, NCAA long time, NCAA, long time NCAA administrator. Overtime's next. Carl's going to give you his thumbs up and thumbs down. Stay with us. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Last week, I gave the thumbs down to the Colonial Athletic Association for banning James Madison University and its teams and student athletes from competing in CAA championships this coming year as the Dukes transition to membership in the Sun Belt. And despite harsh criticism from the media this past week, the, CC, the CAA confirmed that JMU student athletes would be penalized due to the decision by the JMU president, its athletic director, and even the Virginia State Legislature for the Dukes to leave the CAA for the Sun Belt. I long double thumbs down and hope that the powers to be of the CAA will come to their senses and let the student athletes play. And while talking about the musical chairs that have been going on in conferences for the past several months, or as some have said, simply rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, the Mid-American Conference surprised us by not adding Western Kentucky University and Middle Tennessee State to its membership. And this, to me, gets my thumbs up for the week. Rather than adding two more mouths to feed without the pie getting any bigger or better, and expanding the MAC footprint by 450 miles to Nashville, Tennessee, the mighty MAC holds tight with its current 12-team league and sends the message to its G5 colleagues, bigger is not necessarily better. So go MAC and bring on the MAC-tion. Very well put, as always, Mr. Commissioner. We appreciate uh, your insight as well as David Burst. So we'll talk more about this stuff next time we, we get together, and um, hopefully uh, people, as you said, come to their senses all across the board. Right. All across the board. Thumbs, thumbs up, thumbs up and thumbs down. You got it. All right, man. We'll talk to you next time. Stay with join us next time for next edition of Knutson and the Commission. I'm Mark Knutson. He's Carl Benson. Thanks for joining us.